0: This is your host Tia. This is your host Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top Ten. Why? Eek vibes nation. Eek vibes nation. 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 The Top Ten. The Top. Oh gosh, hello, hello, hello everyone and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, and the person who is just coughing is Brittany. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that made it like you coughed
1: just as I hit record. (laughs) No. I was like you ever get like such like a tickle in your chest that you're like your body just like convulses with coughs and you're like, No, I didn't mean to
0: Yeah, that happens to me all the time. And especially in like this like sort of, you know, climate out there, it's you cough and you're like, give everyone that look like I'm okay,
1: I'm okay, you'll all be okay. <laughs> It's, like, the best thing is, like, you know, working at a grocery store and we're so careful about staying away from people, but no customer cares about that and they'll lean over you to, like, get something if I'm ducked on to get something and then they cough, like, right over me. I'm like, no! Stop it!
0: Uh, I want to say people here in New York aren't necessarily like that simply because it's, like, we have like, Yonkers was pretty much the hub of the outbreak, so people really were like, get the hell away from me, like, even, I went a month ago to the Burger King, right, near me, which I know, like, fast food is not good for you, I just need something quick, and this one guy was, like, coughing and getting really close to this other guy and the other guy like literally turned around like shouted like back the fuck away (laughs) and i was like the people don't like play in this climate you know especially i guess here you know where so many people were being affected
1: Yeah, definitely well that was the thing that got me it's like we're so coached on try to stay six feet away from people and you're like it's really hard when other people don't respect that it's really hard to stay away from someone if they're coming at you
0: no i know i know it's 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 just ridiculous but i hope everyone out there not only stays safe due to covid but um the incidences that are happening around america right now please just be safe everyone out there obviously but um brittany and i first of all i All right, really quick. I was, like, talking Britney's ear off just now about Crazy Rich Asians, even though it came out in 2018. I just watched it yesterday, and I see why it was such a phenomenon. It was so amazing. I wanted to watch it, like, again as soon as I finished it. It was so good. So
1: um, it's pretty much right now all on my mind. (laughs) I'm going to say, like, she was intense. You would would think, like, it's the best movie of the year, even though it's not this year.
0: It's the best movie of, like, the century. Now, really quick, like, if you liked my Big Fat Greek Wedding, I feel like it's like that, you know, Uh, someone who may be outside of a certain culture, marrying into that family and while the couple loves each other there's this like resistance of accepting like the quote-unquote outsider you know and that was in my big fat greek wedding and that was very much in crazy rich asian so i feel like you know that's why i think the two are so similar but yeah you should definitely
1: check out huh go ahead uh that movie as you were explaining to me remember in fanfiction.net there's so many tags and one of them was, like, hurt-slash-comfort, and I never quite got what that meant, but that that tag reminds me of this movie. It's like, we're going to hurt you, and then we're going to soothe it. That kind of is a good way to describe it,
0: where it's like, we're going to make you really sad and really hurt, and then we're going to obviously resolve it at the end, and it's like, good, you better. I'd be really pissed if you didn't.
1: They just left it off with the bad ending, like what you told me, and then they just left it at that, and it never got better. I mean, I kind of thought that
0: that's how they were going to end it. I told my mom that I wouldn't have minded if it just ended with her, say, rejecting him and going back to her life and realizing, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know coming from a single mother and you know she doesn't need the acceptance of some rich you know snobby person like i would have been okay with that you know even though it wasn't nick's fault i would have been okay with that is how it ended i was like girl you can just find someone in new york like who isn't so bougie (laughs) right So, yeah, but we're not doing anything Crazy Rich Asians related for this top ten. We are doing something very simple, and I told Brittany the sole reason why I wanted to do this is because I have been watching so many shows recently that I just want to talk about them. So it is going to be the top ten shows that we recommend. Um, I believe that I'll be doing a lot of current shows, while Brittany will probably be doing shows that she just thinks that you need to watch right now.
1: <laughs> oh, heck yeah.
0: <laughs> Brittany, why did you message me? I'm sorry. I'm blasting oh. you on-, on air, I know. I
1: forgot. I that that like sudden urge to come where I was like, oh no, because I heard you laughing as soon as the intro was going. I was like, oh no. That I love really-
0: I loved it. It was perfect. But, yeah, I guess we should just kind of dive right into the list. Um, Of course, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the main Damie channel. Um, I will say that, of course, I say this every single week. You need to listen to They Called This a Movie. This week, they did Justice League. And, oh, God, it was brilliant, like, their podcast. But... Um, They also have another podcast called Stranger Damies, which is the ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Make sure you join them every Wednesday as the wild stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Make sure you subscribe to them uh, on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies, and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is also a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find us at geekvibesnation.com. Just follow us in general, because we have amazing content, I don't know why you're not following us anyway. Uh, we have plenty of podcasts, like this Top 10 podcast uh geek vibes live we do plenty of reviews interviews we also have seen a nerd and plenty of other podcasts that you need to check out and you just better do it
1: <laughs> i right, say, like it, it is like like a dominatrix but like in the sense of like forcing <laughs> you to do the podcast like yeah do it Well, I mean,
0: have you ever listened, like, watched a YouTube video where the YouTuber stops every five minutes to go, make sure you subscribe and like and put on notifications? You know, I mean, I just at least do it once on my podcast.
1: (laughs) Sophia Nygaard, I love her, but she goes... Smash that! Like, like she always like makes it so. <laughs> so I, I like your version of it, Tia. Very, very to the point. To the but yeah, point. Yeah, that, that's sitting there right now, listening to this. Go follow. I mean, listen. Let's cut out the
0: bullshit. But um, let's just start this list again it's the top ten shows we recommend. Brittany, why don't you start it off for us? I'm going
1: to go with an oldie but a goodie, but just because it's pretty old, but I enjoyed it so much, and I still need to finish it, but Prison Break. Tia knows this one well, because Tia knows how hard it is to actually catch my attention with a show like I'm very easy to, like, pitter off and not finish something or not pay attention to it i'll leave it on the background and go yeah i'm on episode 30 but i've only listened to like you know 25 percent of it but uh no it gets me with them like the, i almost said the movie it's basically like a really crazy uh prison movie just a really really long one but i can't remember what year it was made but you know the story of uh we have. Uh, I'm trying to remember his last name. His first name's Michael, right? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yes, yeah. Schofield or something like that. Yeah you know his brother's wrongfully convicted he does this whole master plan to break out his brother because his brother is going to be executed right because they're talking about like he got framed for something and the best way to silence him is to put him on death row you know it's been this whole crazy thing and well the thing is is that Schofield's so freaking intelligent that you know he tattoos this entire plan on his body because you know he can't just take out this whole uh plan with them into prison and go yeah you know know what i want to bring up my brother let me take those papers with me so he ends up getting a whole full body suit tattoo right and then ends up going into prison which it's so it cracks me up how he gets into prison i love how he's just like what does he do he does he does he shoot up the building but he doesn't like kill anybody or hurt anyone then just drops the gun like okay i'm good now ends up getting <laughs> sent to prison
0: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, he, like, goes into a bank and, like, pretty much goes... I don't even think he robs the place. He's just like, this is a stick-up, and, like, shoots the ceiling and then just, like, waits there. Like, something that was, like, really just whatever, and I even think that, like, the cops or the judge weren't even going to give him, like, a lot of time, but he, like, insisted that he do the maximum, which was, like, five years or something like that. It was crazy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt No,
1: no, you're good. I was just trying to, like, sometimes it's hard to describe a story from start to finish, but basically just him going into the prison system... Dealing with all these colorful characters, whether it be Teabag or, uh, what was his name, Mayfield?
0: Which one was
1: that? I think that was the, the, like, uh, Italian dude that can make shit happen. I forget. I'm just going to say yes. Too. But it was such a good show. And just like, uh everything that goes on in it, but it had me so captured for the time I was watching it. Like I would catch myself trying to do like the normal thing where it's like, oh, I'll play on my phone and just listen. Right. But I have a bad habit If something's really good. Like I'll have my phone in my hand and it'll go black from like inactivity. You know, as I'm doing something, I'm just staring at the screen because like it, there's never a boring part in that. Like, you know, in some shows there's so much filler before you get actually to what you are. And it felt like "Orange is the New Black," but the male version, I guess, is like a big way of how it felt, but even better. Like it was so well thought out, and there was nothing in it that I went, "Man, that wouldn't happen in prison." You know, that that's like a, you know a leap, but it was all pretty good. And even like the bad. What's funny is they almost even have their version of porn stash in it. You know, the bad. Uh, see. The CO, officer, you know, the correction officer that ends up being okay in the end. It becomes better than we thought. I don't know. It's a whole big thing. But, yeah, if you haven't seen Prison Break, check that shit out.
0: Yeah, I remember starting Prison Break because it, you know, was, like, talked about as a really phenomenal show. People really liked it, and I think it was one of those shows that people always considered uh, being – cancel too soon and i like wentworth miller who plays the main character him his relationship with the guy who plays his brother i think dominic something um which is great because they also like played those two characters in the flash uh captain cold yeah when the flash is still good um but, yeah, so I liked Wentworth Miller, but you're right, it like, so much of it was, like, say, extra, uh, you know, yeah. it, but I... It's like, I get it, right? He loved his brother, and despite, say... Because I think that they didn't necessarily have the best of relationships because his brother was always getting into trouble, whereas uh, Michael was a little more straight edge. But that didn't matter because his brother was put on death row, and he was convinced that his brother was completely innocent. So it's like the lengths that he was willing to go to save his brother even so much as putting himself in danger and making himself a fugitive
1: and uh, and I think another big reason was with his brother having a kid he was so protective for that reason too like oh you know you don't want to leave the kid at work but but like it goes so much deeper than just being framed like you get the government involved it becomes so much bigger than I thought I was like man this is I, I didn't find out this right <laughs> no it definitely was like whoa there's
0: so much more to the story than you even thought and um as you said freaking you have all these like colorful characters such as T Bag who really was just frightening as hell. Um, I particularly loved when his he got his hand cut off. I, I was know. like, oh my god <laughs> Uh, and then Michael's relationship
1: with what's her name? Sarah? I'm trying to remember her name, but yes, like, their relationship was cute, which is so funny, because isn't it funny how something can happen in a show, but if it happens in real life, you're, like, disgusted, like, somebody ending up with an inmate, you're like, why would you ever do that? Or, like, and then, but then it happens in a show, and you're like, it was true love, you know, they're separated by the system. That is very true,
0: because I hear stories about that happening in real life, and you're like, what? But in the show, you're like, oh, I think because, first of all, like, Wentworth Miller's really cute, right? And we know that he's innocent, you know, that he didn't really do anything bad. He just pretty much got himself in there to be the good guy and save his brother, so you could, you know, push that aside, so I think maybe, I don't know, I feel like that was a big reason why. But I don't know if you remember, because this show is really old, but Frank Grillo was in the first season.
1: What? Oh, was that the guy that, like, was supposed to kill uh the the brother in prison? Oh, no, no, he was the guy helping the, the wife. Like, yeah, he... The... It's wife and kitty, oh my God, that was Frank grillo <laughs> <laughs> I love I love I love how your head is just like spinning right now <laughs> I, I don't like. That like, oh, I was like, oh, he played a little part, and then I was like, oh, no, he played a big part, he ends up getting shot over that lady, and you always, wait, were they, no, were they married, I think they were divorced, or, like, getting divorced or something, because I remember a lot of people ship Frank Gorilla's character was the wife.
0: So, she was, um, the brother, like, Michael's brother's ex, I don't know if she was an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend, she was an ex, right? and but at this point it was kind of like she had also been convinced that he was innocent so even though necessarily i don't think that they were going to get back together she still was like we've been in each other's lives for so long uh, that i don't want to say what'd you say
1: this is the father
0: of my child the whole yeah. guy Right, so Frank Grillo played this character first where it's, like, he also had someone who had, in his, like, life who had been wrongfully convicted, so he acted as if, like, he was there to solely help her. But, in fact, he was there employed by the same system that had put uh, him in that prison in the first place. So,
1: that was wild. <laughs> so, was him getting shot fake then? No, like, he set really up?
0: He got shot because of just pretty much, like, a sloppy thing because it's like he was having this facade and he got shot, but then that facade kind of, like, you know, got lifted and blah, blah, blah. Like, there was a lot going on. Like,
1: oh, no, I, that was I that-, that. That's exciting. That's good writing. I like it. <laughs> Brittany's going to be messaging me after excuse. this. And What'd you say? what a twist
0: what a twist i was gonna say you're gonna be messaging me afterwards like we need a brainstorm
1: yeah well no no it's already there like (laughs) like i am so far ahead of you I, i don't know what what i could put at the end of that sentence i'm just really far ahead of you already
0: you did a really good job there describing i'm so proud of you
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I really
0: liked Prison Break. Um, there were a few like I won't lie, there were a few seasons that I was just okay with. Um and oh, I didn't watch the current season because they came out with a fifth season about a year or so ago. And I didn't watch it. Um, but either way, I think that Prison Break is still worthy, especially those first two seasons. I want to say the first two seasons are probably the best seasons. So definitely make sure you check that out. Um, I'm going to do number nine, and it is going to be like a fun kind of small. It's a current. So again, most of my shows are current shows. And it literally just only came out with three episodes, and it's really fun, and I think that you should definitely check it out. Um, And it's going to be Love Life on HBO Max. Now, Love Life um, is like a comedy romance type of show, and it stars Anna Kendricks, and her character is this character Darby, and it's going to be ten episodes, which follows this girl Darby in her love life, right? So it's going to pretty much be exploring the first love of her life to, say, the second love of her life. Like, every episode is going to be about someone who had a significant role in her journey, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, and Anna Kendrick is one of those people that sometimes I think she's really, like, cute and charming, and sometimes I think she's a little annoying, to be honest yeah. with you. Like... She is in this show called Dummy on Quibi, and it's so bad, and it's so annoying, and she's so annoying in it, but, so I was a little hesitant to watch Love Life, but she's really charming in it. She's very relatable, you know? She's like a 20-something in New York, just trying to navigate through the dating scene, pretty much, right? And she's not particularly even looking, like, she's not one of those, like, who are, trying to actively look for a boyfriend. It's just, like, happens upon her, right? And each episode, and I, I don't know, I like her, I like her friends, um, I like the work that she's in. So, really quick, um, the first episode deals with this guy, Augie, that she meets, and she really likes Augie, right? And she loves Augie, honestly. Um, and they have a great relationship until Augie tells her because he works for the news site Politico and he tells her that he's going to be like moving across the freaking like country or world or something because of his job so pretty much their relationship has an expiration date and that's really sad so you can tell that's sad it's really sad and then in episode two, is my man Scoot McNary's character who comes in, who was her former boss, so that's kinky. Um, And then... And then freaking episode three is her kind of having, like, a bit of a fling. So, just to kind of show, like, what's significant there. But, I, I don't know, I just really like it. It's really fun. It's really just easy to watch. And I think that it's very real. It shows, like, you know, again, a young twenty something year old going through the world of dating and all that. I just really like it. Um, I like how they're presenting each episode and the stories. It's again, she doesn't seem she doesn't seem Mary Sue. She seems very real, like in episode three, right? She is like single, and she's going to get something at the nearby coffee shop. And she runs into Augie, and this is, like, two years after they stopped dating. And she's like, what are you doing back in New York City? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I I quit my job, and I I met this new girl, and we're going to go fucking, like, cross-country caravanning. And she, like, goes home to her roommate, and she's like, I just ran into, like, the guy who I loved who broke up with me for his career but apparently quit his career for another woman, and I was wearing Crocs. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I like how that, that finds its way into the story. Yeah,
0: she's like, and I'm wearing Crocs. And I just like it. Um, I don't know. And I'm excited because I just saw... So they released the first three episodes when HBO Max launched this past week. And it was supposed to be every Thursday they release a new episode. But the episodes are only about, like, 40 minutes each. So I just saw that they're actually releasing three episodes on Thursday, and then the next week they'll release the final four episodes because apparently it's very popular, so we don't have to wait. I'm like, yes, because the idea of having to, like, go week by week for, like, a half-hour, 40-minute show was going to kill me.
1: I was going to say two. It's, like, does Scoop show up more than once?
0: So apparently he is supposed to have a recurring role, He shows up in episode one as her boss, right? Because it starts off with her being a tour guide at this museum. And he is setting up for his own wedding to this girl, Kate. And it's really funny because, like, he, you know, is, like, uh, telling Darby... His name his character's name is Bradley, right? And he's telling Darby, "Oh, here's your group that you're going to be being the tour guide for and it's like some terrible like bachelorette group." And she's like, "Oh, fuck you." And she's like, "Why do I like working here again?" And he's like, "Maybe cuz you can tell your boss to go fuck himself." And she's like, "Oh yeah." So so um actually the first episode all he She brings Augie to Bradley's wedding as a date, and that's their last night together. That's Darby and Augie's last night is literally Bradley's wedding. So you see the wedding between Bradley and Kate, and then the next episode literally starts off with Kate and Bradley in couples therapy. And the next scene you see him in is Darby dropping off his stuff at his home because the program that they were in got shut down. And he explains about the divorce between him and Kate, and that's a surprise to Darby. She didn't know. And he explains, you know, me and Kate were together for 11 years, and we were married for one year, and we freaking divorced. So he was in episodes one and two. He wasn't in episodes three. But according to his I eye- IMDB page. He's supposed to be in the other, so I don't know how and what capacity or if uh, the
1: website. We riot. What'd you say? I said he better or we riot.
0: Oh, yeah. I love his character, even though like him and Darby broke up. I saw these like people on Tumblr were like, oh, I love Augie, which, yeah, Augie was great. They're like, and the guy that Darby slept with in episode three was like, just dumb. And they're like, but fuck Bradley, he was an asshole. I'm like, no, he wasn't. I was like, he wasn't at least an asshole. He just is a tired old man who freaking doesn't, you know, want to party until 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like Darby didn't really conduct herself very well at the funeral. She was very like, you know, not, again, not annoying, but... Inappropriate to a point where she was like expecting him to be like introducing her around to his family, and obviously that didn't happen. And then Bradley's ex wife Kate shows up because you know she was in the family for so long. Um, and so there's at some point where Darby's like, Oh, hi Kate, she's like, You know, I just want you to know, like, during the time you and Bradley were together, I, I never you know, even thought about anything, and she's like, oh, Darby, we're not doing this here. Oh, dang. Yeah, so... Oh. And then Darby, Darby does get really drunk, and she makes a toast, which was very cringy, and I had to mute it,
1: because I was oh, like, I, I can't handle this. Those are the worst, when you have to end up muting, like, a certain scene or skipping it, because it causes you so much, like, shit that you don't want to watch it. While I was
0: watching it, I was like, Darby, please no. Darby, please no. Please stop, Darby. Why are you making a toast at his father's wake?
1: Darby, no. Why? Bad
0: Darby. Bad Darby. So, uh, he broke up with her because, spoiler alert, I guess, he broke up with her because he said he just wasn't ready for a relationship after all that. So,
1: Yeah. But Love Life is pretty fun. <laughs> I would say, like, I feel like I need to watch it. But, like, my brain goes, if it's on HBO, I feel like things get a little uh, heated.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, there's that sex scene between her and Bradley, which is hot as hell. Um, but, you know, that? no, I don't think, like, you know, There's besides that, it's just, like, regular, like, kissing. Like, anything that you'd see on... Freaking cable TV, you know, there's really, there's been no nudity. I think I saw something that Anna Kendrick has in her contract that she'll never get nude. Well, that's fair. Yeah, no, 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 it's fair, so I'm saying, like, you never see her, like, you know, tits out oh, yeah. or anything. You never see, like, anyone, like, you know whatever. I always
1: think it's funny because she always plays like the good girl but also the bad girl but just bad enough but good enough that she's not nude. Yeah right right just like you keep them wanting more
0: but yeah so my number nine is going to be Love Life which again I know is like small it only has three episodes out but i don't know if you're looking for something that's kind of more light-hearted to watch i definitely suggest love life and if you're a fan of scoot mcnerney like i am definitely check it out because he looking
1: fine in it oh my gosh i was gonna say tia's obsession with scoot is like hilarious because like i know you go in waves but like this has been a long-standing one but i think also too a lot of like obsessions throughout the years they like like, they almost go on hiatus. They don't show up in a lot of stuff. But he's, like, on his upswing where it feels like he's in everything right now.
0: He's one of those actors that definitely, like, places himself in everything. Which is, like, good for you. Keep working, man. Like, that's how it yeah. is.
1: So. You know, see, as i in typecast, because I see him play good guys, bad guys, tough guys, soft guys, grumpy men. Well,
0: I did, like, read this article where they were like, you know, you just did uh, Narcos Mexico, which was really intense. You've done dramas like Halt and Catch Fire, you know, 12 Years a Slave, um, you know, all these other, like, kind of, like, more serious roles you know what drew you to this and he was saying how um if you go back in his career the first like 10 years of his career he was doing more like comedies and stuff you know and that he kind of broke away from that to do these more serious roles and that it did feel good to kind of go back to more of his like light-hearted route
1: yeah i was like, because he's played in some serious shit lately Hell yeah, which
0: I don't mind. I like the serious shit. But, yeah, so Love Life is going to be my number nine. Brittany, what is your number ten? I think I'm going to go with
1: American Gods. Yes! <laughs> it's still technically still going on, but, like, for anybody that hasn't seen it, so basically it's about, like, how, you know how in every culture, every tribe, everybody, in some shape or form, throughout the past, has had their deities, their gods, right? Whether it be the uh, be the Christian God, whether it be the Nordic gods, the uh, the Greek gods, but it's basically showing that they all exist or all existed at some point because human belief is enough to make something exist. And I I love because they even talk about like how people believe that the Martians, like, like whenever, uh, what was it called? War of the Worlds? I'm trying to remember what it's called. Like the big alien thing, like it was a big thing where they, uh, did this whole, like, oh, the Martians are attacking, you know, yeah. all that. And people got really worked up and they said that was enough belief to make that truly exist because enough people believed it. Or they said, uh, that all throughout the years whether it was the greek gods that they were so powerful because there were so many people believing in them but as people stop believing they start they start growing weaker so it it all forms around you know shadow moon who you know he his wife dies who had an affair on him you know you're meeting a leprechaun which you know later on it's a little more in death about that you meet mr wednesday who You'll find out very soon, like within the first season. So, spoiler alert, you know that he's Odin. Which you should know he's Odin because he's missing an eye and he has two ravens, or like one—I can't remember how many ravens he has—that mm-hmm. do his bidding. So, I'm about to say, like, it, 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 he's Odin, basically manipulating or using Shadow Moon to go about his own his own agenda. But it's so interesting to go between meeting uh, all these gods in the story. And it's so funny because, you know, you even have when Easter rolls around and there's like a million different types of Jesus at this affair because so many people believe in so many different versions of them. It just created all these different ones. But I, it's so good because it's such like, you have know, this war between old gods, like you say Odin, oh, you know. Um, I was trying to think of another old god that I was like, that was a part of it. Uh, Oh, what's his name? The old Russian god. Oh, um, why can't I remember right now?
0: You put me on the spot
1: i'm having trouble remembering the old gods that were in it because they're more obscure ones you know but uh then you roll in with the new gods who are like mr world who you know personifies globalization you've had media you know because people worship their media because you know and she's always taken different forms like lucille ball david bowie uh all these different characters but or uh technical boy because people worship technology and it's just this big struggle between them for wanting this belief to become as powerful as they do because you even find out you know odin for like nobody really believing in him anymore he's so powerful but get one person to believe in him and he's strong enough to like wipe some shit out like he 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 is scary dude but it's so interesting because i think you know humans are so linked to worship and to just get to see all these different versions in something and see, you know, what their powers can do or their personalities. It's so interesting. And that's actually a a series I've actually finished, well, caught up to because the new season is coming out. The only thing that makes me sad is it's like we start to lose actors that are in it and you get so used to them but the good thing about the show is that they can easily interchange out these actors so that they don't just truly just get rid of the character altogether most of the time i hope there is one character that would come back or at least like a version of him but yeah good show good show
0: I love American Gods. It's definitely one of my favorite shows. Um, It's funny, so um, freaking, yeah, I feel like, you know, my one thing is that I feel like the reveal for Odin at the end of season one did not slap the way they wanted it to because I feel like they had already revealed it in the season. It wasn't like he was being shy about revealing who it was, and at some point someone even had called him, like, you know, other nicknames that Odin has, right? And so it's, like, you knew it was Odin. You clearly knew it was Odin. And so, and he was, like, I am Odin. And it, I think it was only, like, only Shadow didn't know. Because Shadow's so oblivious to everything.
1: Yeah, like, it, it definitely, like, I think they called him, like, the one-eyed one. Or, yeah. Or, like, you know, like, they were calling him, something like, like, Odin. Okay. well
0: and i so i i really love this show i love the concept of that it's all these gods exist simply because people believed. because it's really the whole you know what came first the chicken or the egg right and um like media has this really great line in the first season where she was like it's something and i'm gonna butcher it but something akin to what you're saying where it's like people believed so much that um now there are martians in the sky you know oh like didn't technical boys say something like um you know not everyone believes and she's like not everyone has to only just enough or something you know and it was so good right yeah There's so many fantastic characters. I like how they expanded on characters who you didn't really see in the book. Because after season one, I went back and and I, I read the book. Because I had to. It's like I was so obsessed with it. So seeing, you know, like Matt Sweeney, Pablo Schreiber, who is such an underrated actor and needs to be appreciated more. And he actually shows up on my list later. But he was so fantastic as Matt Sweeney. And that's a character who had literally like one or two pages in the book. And was a huge part of season one and two. That was great. Um I personally like season two better, even though I know season two had a lot of problems, um, behind the scenes. I like the direction better. I thought the storytelling was cleaner, but because season one was more of an introductory season for those who had no idea about the story or these characters. I love Bruce Langley as Technical Boy and where they went with him. Crispin Glover as Mr. World is like so Daunting and He's scary, so scary, and, and yeah. so scary. Um, I will. I have to. I have to say, on air because there. I love American Gods, and you should absolutely still watch it. One hundred percent, it is such a great show, and the actors definitely deserve for you to watch it. But I will say that what happens behind the scenes makes me incredibly sad. What they did to Orlando Jones because he was one of oh, the dude. best characters in that show as a Nancy or Mr. Nancy. Um, Not only was he a phenomenal character and Orlando Jones did a great job, but in season two when they lost their uh, new showrunner, he stepped up and he wrote most of the freaking season. He wrote a, he wrote his own lines. He wrote a lot of Matt Sweeney's. He wrote a lot of Laura Moon's. Like, he wrote a lot of that shit, right? Um, and the new uh, showrunner for season three pretty much kicked him off the show because he said that his character was too angry, whereas that is how the character is supposed to be. That's the character. Yeah, in that's always been
1: since season one. And I don't understand
0: where the showrunner even got off in saying that, saying that oh, that is going to cause like problems because if you looked on Twitter, um, the response for any time that he had these big moments, people loved it. People thought that it was important for him to be saying the things about racial divide that he was saying and that we see is so prevalent in today's society. So for you to be like, Oh, you're too angry and your character is going to cause racial divide. It's like you that you then don't get the point, you know? And so that just makes me sad. Like it really does, you know? And I, I still am going to support the show because it, I love the characters, I love the story, but after speaking with Orlando Jones and knowing what happened behind the scenes and also hearing um, what he himself had had planned for Season 3, because he was going to write scripts for Season 3. He had plans for characters, like Technical Boy, that like when he told me, I was like, oh, we don't get
1: that now? <laughs>
0: like, no.
1: Right? <laughs> and I think, like, um, I'm trying to remember her name, but the the love goddess, the sex oh, Bill goddess. Quist. Bill Quist. What I loved is even the discussions that they could have together to give, like, a different insight. You know, it was, like, one of those things that they didn't always claim that what he said was the absolute fact, but for them to have a discussion on on the subject itself, and the pure anger he had in her, seeing her softer side, to kind of like it made the best conversation for well,
0: it. Yeah. Even the scene in the funeral home with a Nancy Bilquis and Mister Ebus—you know, for them, yeah. those three to have the conversation that they did was just so powerful. And and Orlando Jones wrote that he wrote that entire scene.
1: And, you know, the, the cast was really diverse, if you think about it, you know, because, like, you have Shadow Moon, Laura Moon, you have uh, Mr. Ebus as you said, Bilquis, and, uh, and Nancy, and uh, New Media, like, it was such a good, diverse cast.
0: Yeah, that was important, too, right, to show that on screen, to have such a, like, diverse cast, and it's just, when you have, like, you know, it's one of those things where I was so excited when they brought in a a showrunner for season three, because I was like, good, at least it's guaranteed that we're getting a season three, and, you know, you have all that locked down because the showrunner from season two had left, right? um but then it's like it seems like he is this new showrunner is so tone deaf and doesn't like really realize what it is that everyone really likes about this show so that does honestly make me a little nervous for season three but ricky whittle who plays shadow moon has been saying really good things about season three and the woman who plays bill Quist, which now i can't remember her freaking name uh and she is like one of the most gorgeous people on the face of the earth she um has also been saying really good things so hopefully they're right you know um but as is saying th- I-, I i'm sad that matt sweeney's not coming back orlando uh- jones did confirm that 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 uh, Matt Sweeney's not coming back.
1: You know what I think gets me is when they get a new showrunner come in, it's kind of like, uh, it's like they have such a drive to make it so different because they want to make their mark on it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always work. Like you say, like with The Walking Dead, right? Mm -hmm. Everything, like things were going downhill. But Carl was supposed to be Gohan. He was supposed to take over the show, right? And then a new showrunner
0: comes in and kills him off.
1: Yeah, because that doesn't happen in the comics. That doesn't doesn't happen. Like, yeah, they got a lot with, like, uh, still keeping on with Negan and Alpha. But they... It was like... What gets me about, like, talking about that show on top of this, uh, they could have made so many different parts longer, and I love Negan. I am a Negan fangirl. But to make all that so long and then kill Carl, and it just felt like that showrunner. It's like you get one showrunner that's just like, Screwed the last people. It's my show now. It's like they get such a big head about it, and it's almost like that's what happened with American Gods for the new season.
0: Yeah, and anyone who's listening, I'm not trying to dissuade you from watching the show. It's phenomenal. It's it's why it's on this list. Season 1 and 2 are so great. I liked Season 2 a lot. I loved it. As I just said, there are so many amazing parts. You can actually check out Brittany and I did a top 10 for both the first season and second season of American yep. Gods. Like we, we loved it. Um, it just, I'm hesitant about season three because I dislike that Orlando Jones isn't returning. I dislike that Matt Sweeney isn't returning, even though, you know, again, he had like no part pretty much in the, in the book, but he's not returning. Um, the Musa. Kreish, who plays the Jin, isn't returning, and, I mean, I, I'll be honest, New Media isn't returning, but I'm okay with that, because I didn't like her character, nothing against the actress, I just didn't like her character, but, um, you know, so you have, like, four people who aren't returning, granted, they're bringing all these new people in, but that also scares me a little, because it's, like, all these new people, it's, like, we love American Gods because of the characters, But as you said, Brittany, you did say it's almost like Supernatural where they can change out forms because even though Crispin Glover is coming back as Mr. World, both Danny Trejo, which is fucking great, Danny Trejo and this woman, um, I don't know her name, uh, they're coming in as Mr. and Ms. World, other personifications of Mr. World. Did you not know that? Did you not know that? No, that's so good. Yeah, so Crispin Glover will come back as Mr. World, but there's uh, Danny Trejo and this woman who is on, I think she's on Pose or something, but they're coming in also as versions of Mr. World, which would make sense because, in the and I'm sorry to interrupt really, really quick, in the book they do explain that these characters, like the new gods, Aren't, or And even the old gods, there is at one point where there's an Odin in America and an Odin in Norway, right? But they explain how in the book that Mr. World, media, and technical boy, they aren't just one, they're a group. So there's technical boys, there's multiple media, there's multiple Mr. World. So I think maybe they're exploring that.
1: That's so good. And uh, all I was going to do is make a joke about Chris and Glover. Like, if they couldn't get him, they could always get someone that looks kind of like him and do the stuff on his face to make him look like him because that's what happened in Back to the Future.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> did
1: you hear about that? Yes,
0: I did. That yeah, he was that's only so in the first movie. He was only in the first movie. And I think he sued them. Because yeah, they didn't, didn't ask them they, they didn't ask for his permission to use his
1: likeness, you know, which is like, uh, what you doing there, guys?" <laughs> it was funny because the facial prosthetics they had used were like from I think the first movie, and that he um and that they had like modeled it off of his face. And then when they rolled in, and he was wanting too much to do the next movie right, they were like, "Okay, well we'll just get somebody that looks like him and put these facial prosthetics that that's we got stupid. making on his face. We'll make him look just alike." And he wasn't having none of it. Do
0: you? I mean, I wouldn't blame him. That's like um, that's like. Really quick, that's like you know the, the song It's Rain' Men Hallelujah you know? Those yeah. two one you know, one of both of them, right, were heavy set women. Um and one of them had recorded another song in the nineties, which I forget what it is. It's a popular song, right? She recorded the song and they didn't tell her that they were gonna do the music video and they got this super skinny woman to be in the music video and her, like, lip-syncing it to make it seem, like, as if she was singing this song, when in reality, it was this woman from It's Raining Men singing that.
1: What? Yeah! A, it was.
0: The 90s, man. The 90s, but, um...
1: It was, let's... uh, was Vanilla... Oh, like Millie vanilla? Millie Vanilli, yeah, that,
0: too, was recorded by, like, some German group, oh. and they got two guys to, like, you know, do the song. But it actually was really sad because I saw this, like, whole thing and how, like, Millie Vanilli, they were, because they were pretty much both, like, immigrants they didn't speak very good english and they're pretty much like taken advantage of by their manager and they they did want to have like an actual genuine music career but they were pretty much like contractually forced to do this
1: that's so sad i I was gonna say you also had um who was the sister that was on snl that uh oh my god Jessica
0: Simpson's sister Ashley Simpson. She was on yes. SNL trying to perform and the track messed up and then she did the most awkward little like Irish jig. It was so ridiculous.
1: <laughs> it makes me cringe because I do stupid shit like that when I'm so like super <laughs> awkward and I was like, no BB, what you doing? What you doing, stop it. I wanna
0: say both that revealed that none of the music on SNL is live and also I think kind of ruined her career career, which, again, she's, like, part of The Simpsons, so she's not, like, probably not pining for money, but it pretty much, I think, ruined her singing career. But let's move on, because we have spent a lot of time on this, which I don't mind, but we're going in, like, three million different directions. Uh, Just watch American Gods, please, okay? that That's all you need to know. But let's see. All right, I will go with another current show, um, just because... I love it, and it is in the middle of it, so yeah. Anyway, so another HBO uh, show, actually. It's called I Know This Much Is True, um, and it's a series on HBO, which I think is on its, like, fourth episode right now, but it stars Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> um so, Mark Ruffalo plays these twins in it, and it's based on a book. It's a drama. He plays these two twins, and one of them is a paranoid schizophrenic. So, the show starts off... Let me look up their names really quick, because I don't want to get it wrong. I'm sorry, Brittany. Good girl. I just like in
1: that awkward uh, Simpson Jig? dance. I like that. stop Stop it I can't
0: (laughs) can't. anyway so in this uh, show Mark Ruffalo plays Dominic and Thomas right so Thomas is a paranoid schizophrenic and the show starts off literally with Thomas in a public library spouting out some crazy like religious propaganda shit and literally cuts off his own hand um, which is intense, and he says that he he did it as a sacrifice to God so that God would stop war um so that that's that and throughout the season so far it's kind of been going back and forth. Dominic narrates the season and it's pretty much him explaining what led up to that event, and it also explores what happens after that event he pretty much it's pretty much just like Dominic. You know, and his life and how tough it's kind of been having a brother like Thomas, but then also exploring, like, what he would do, like, anything for Thomas, right? The first episode, he, um, the doctor pretty much says, you know, okay, we need your permission to reattach the hand because they saved the hand. And Thomas is, like, begging Dominic to say no he's like please you know and Dominic eventually says no because even though it's like you know probably the sane thing to do would be yeah reattach his hand but his brother was like begging him so much and Dominic's like this is the first time Thomas in his whole entire life has ever had a consciousness to really like make a decision for himself he's like I'm not going to take that away from him And so Dominic, but then it also explores, like, Dominic's life. You know, he was married, and they had a, him and his ex-wife had a kid, and she died, the kid died from SIDS, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. So it kind of explores, like, the fallout of their marriage, uh, his current relationship with his girlfriend, um, him trying to frickin' uh, get, like, this, memoir from his grandfather translated from italian to english so you know if you have to ask me like what's it about it's really not about much except for just a insight on how these brothers are and their relationship you know thomas like is not the type he can't function in success in society right no, like there's even there's even a flashback where after dominic's kid dies he explained how mad he was at thomas because thomas was like spouting out some shit about how you know it must have been the irish mob or something that killed dominic's baby because you know they're after him you know blah, blah blah and he can't help himself in that but you know he was like going off and dominic's like oh he made it all about him you know when my little child was in a coffin so It's a lot, Um, and it's very intense, but it's very good, and I recommend it because I think that people sometimes forget that Mark Ruffalo is a really phenomenal actor, and the fact that he is literally playing two different people, and I swear, Brittany, you don't even think that. you. I think it's by two different actors, because they look different, they are completely different, he plays them completely differently, it's so believable that these are two different people, so it's so good, um, and I know I just rambled on for 15 minutes pretty much, but I I really recommend the show.
1: I was going to say, on the other note about his brother cutting off his hand and whether or not to re- reattach it, the dude would have just cut it off again, you can't believe well, the- that much. Well that's what he says,
0: right? Like Thomas is like, "Oh, if you do it, I'll just I'll just do it again. I'll just do it again." And um At this point in the show, their mother is dead, but their stepfather, who's been their stepfather since they were kids, is still alive, and there's very much, like, tension between the family. And the stepfather is like, oh, why would you do that, Dominic? You know, he's going to have a physical handicap on top of a mental handicap, and that's where Dominic's like, you know, what was I supposed to do? You know, like, it's his life, pretty much. But um, right now in the show... It's dealing with where to put Thomas because the home that Thomas has been living in, like, the facility that he's been living in for the past, like, four years is shutting down. So having to, like, figure out pretty much where to put Thomas. And um, this is a spoiler alert because I just really like this scene. And I'm going to tell you about it, Brittany. So Dominic is with this new girl, Joy who she's younger than Dominic it's clearly not a good relationship I have no idea why Dominic is even with her not anything like particularly wrong with her it's just like it's so different you know he's such like he's older he's such like a serious guy who has so much in his life and she just seems like she's very like in the wind so it's like I don't know even where that like happened but they argue a lot, right? And there's at some point in it where she reveals to him that she's pregnant, right? And he's sitting there, and she's like, "Aren't you happy? Like we made a we made a baby, Dominic?" And Dominic is like, just sitting there, like, "Uh huh." And he's like, "Are you sure it's mine?" And she was like, "What kind of fucking What kind of fucking question is that? Of course it's yours, you know." And so he he walks out of the house, and she's like, "What the hell?" And a flashback happens to his when he was married, right? A flashback happens to when he was married after the his baby died, and his uh, wife, right? Um, His wife pretty much says like, you know, that she wants to make another baby, and Dominic is like, "Well, I got a vasectomy." So it's like you realize how could the girlfriend like be pregnant with Dominic when he had a vasectomy, you know?
1: No, Tia, my heart can't take that kind of stuff.
0: No, I know, it is like crazy, like, yeah. you know, um, the whole thing, right? Like, I, I, at first when she said she was pregnant and Dominic didn't react correctly, I was like, alright, you know, I know that you got a lot going on, but this poor girl, but when they did the flashback and it was oh, revealed oh, that he had vasectomy, oh. I was like, oh, that's why he asked. Are you sure it's uh, mine? Uh,
1: oh, uh, and, I and know. your brain goes. Well, what if the vasectomy messed up? What a what if the, And you know, in shows they don't do yeah. that. No, of think. course. That's I- yeah. That was not what I was expecting. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks for breaking my heart. Um. Yeah. No, that whole show sounds intense, though. Like, especially, like, whenever time, uh, time that schizophrenia is brought up, it makes me think of Spencer and how nervous he was about getting it because of oh, his mom. From, from Crown Yeah. Park, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was always like, jeez. You know, you have to think about, uh, in, what's scary is you can be completely fine your entire life. But around, like, the age of, I think they said, like, 21 is when it happens to people. And imagine you're completely fine for all that time, and then suddenly that happening. That just blows my mind.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Like, because they say it comes out, like, you know, in your 20s or something. And you know what I actually always think of? I think of, um, did you ever see The Violinist? I did not. It's a really, really good movie with Jamie Fox and Robert Downey Jr., and it's all about, like, how he was perfectly normal and then suddenly started, like, hearing voices in his head, and you're like, you know, it could just happen, like, that easily, right? And that's just, like, what's the scariest thing about it.
1: And the thing is, too, is, like, you know, they... People that have it get such, like, crap for it. But to them, like, those moments are real to them. You know, like, when they're having these episodes, it's not like, oh, just a moment. It's like, no, to them, this is completely and utterly real.
0: Well, yeah, and I, you know, and you can see, like... I don't think that Thomas, like, does anything, like, facetiously, right? He really can't help it. He really thinks that, like, the Illuminati is after him, the frickin', you know, the Irish is after him, the this is after him, you know? It's, like, crazy. Man, that's sad. (laughs) It's really, really sad. So um, I definitely recommend I Know This Is True. And, Brittany, what is your number six?
1: I'm going to go with, you know, I'm changing it a little bit just because I do entirely love this show so much. I'm going to go with The Walking Dead. Uh,
0: Yes, go for it.
1: It's one of those things that I definitely have issues with the newer seasons, right? Like, I have not seen them because ever since, you know, Carl dies. but Spoiler alert, sorry sorry but also if you've hid this long under a rock and don't know about like what happens in the walking dead right now then i don't know what to tell you it's kind of like um when the uh what the russo brothers are they the ones that did uh the The avengers Avengers yeah Yeah. where they were like okay y'all had two weeks if y'all haven't seen the movie it's spoiler time but uh no, this whole show I love the premise even though I definitely think of uh what what's the name of that one movie where you get the blood in your eyes like 28 days later. Yes. And that came out first, didn't it? it About did. the die. Yeah. It
0: did. And I will always say that The Walking Dead completely stole that from 28 Days Later because even though uh um, so like the Walking Dead's based off a comic, and even the comic, um, freaking came out after Twenty Eight Days Later, and they start exactly the freaking same.
1: It's just it's crazy. Good, I I do love The Walking Dead, but if you're gonna watch it, especially while in quarantine with everything still going on, it's a good time to at least get through like the first like up until the famous bat scene, like every like. After the Bat scene is really good, too, but for, like, the next season after that, but then that's where it definitely starts to peter off a little bit, and there's others that would disagree that before Negan at all is the best, but you do have, like, Rick Grimes, who, he's a cop, and he has his partner, Shane, and he, it starts out with, you know, they, um I'm trying to think of the right word for it, there are hunting down these guys that uh what they do like rob a bank and like killed someone or something and they're saying oh they're armed and dangerous basically they confront these guys and you think everything's fine but there's another guy that they didn't know about rick grimes ends up getting shot he goes into a coma Mm -hmm. well in the middle of this coma the zombie apocalypse happens and um ends up you know he is left in the hospital Uh, Shane, his partner, ends up uh, saving uh, Rick Grimes' wife and child and ends up taking off with them. But he knows that Rick is still alive. But since he was in a coma, there was nothing he could do for him. And even though, like, Shane has such a bad reputation and for good reason for a certain part with uh, Lori, but ain't nobody taking a man in a coma in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> he does end up walking off the, the hospital door to his room to at least give him some kind of chance. Which, by the way, I don't know how anybody was going to live that long without, like, one... His He looks fine. Like, yeah, he's sickly and all, like, gross-looking, right? I don't know how long he's been there, but, like, his nails aren't long. He's not... He's not, like, all messed on himself from having been in a hospital bed for that long. I'm just like, there is definitely inconsistencies that you're kind of like, huh. But but through the first seasons, it's so good watching how people are surviving. And it goes through at the beginning, yes, it's the zombies that you have to watch out for. They're the worst part, especially when they go to Atlanta and you see just how many zombies they are because of a densely populated, uh city and me and you have talked about this before too you know with me living in a small town of like ten thousand people compared to her living in uh new york which a certain part of new york but still like probably like a million times larger than my city yeah like you think about how many zombies would be there it, it's incredible but just you know reuniting with his family learning to survive learning that The zombies aren't the most dangerous thing once you learn to deal with them. Like, because it almost becomes laughable at a point when you have that many zombies that one zombie isn't that bad unless they somehow sneak up on you, how they always do. There's always someone getting a zombie sneaky sneaked up to them and biting them. It's like, dude. Isn't zombie apocalypse? How did you not hear this thing groaning as it walks up to you? <laughs> you cannot tell me it was completely silent because those motherfuckers don't shut up through the entire show. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's like one thing is like yes, I'm shitting on the show because I love it so much. But that's how you know you love a show when you can like point out yeah, there's some silliness. But I I had always heard people talk about it and also um. Aaron's sister-in-law, she has made it to the finals of The Talking Dead, like, every year. Like, every year. And she is a huge super fan. Like, always, like, like the the Walking Dead episode premiere, like, every week is, like, her jam. She is, like, there. She is having a party. She is, like, doing something. Like, it, it's good. It has such a great fan base. Like I said, I love Negan. I cosplayed Negan one year. It's a thing. But I don't know. It's just... It's such a good series to just, like, lose yourself in. And you can just leave on and kind of go through. I'm kind of almost tempted to start rewatching from season one all over again.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, I... Like, The Walking Dead is one of those shows that I completely... Like, it was my life... For so long I like delve in to it, um, frickin' like all the way up to season seven, right? It was so like binge worthy and it was one of those frickin' shows that was like a phenomenon, right? Everyone was talking about it and I akin the Walking Dead to say like Game of Thrones. It doesn't matter like what type of person you are, you know, whether you were a nerd or whatever. You were into The Walking Dead. Like, everyone talked about The Walking Dead. But it took me a while to watch it. And, of course, we can all admit who I watched it for.
1: Yeah, John Bernthal. Mm Mm-hmm. I know you, girl. Right. Yes, exactly.
0: Um, But I freaking, like, I really loved The Walking Dead. But my favorite seasons definitely were seasons one and two.
1: Yeah, and we know why for that reason, too, but, uh, I think, like, it's, also, so you like, dropped off the face of the earth up the back, saying, so, and, like, uh, you were uh, all cool if you were so happy, and there was something someone died, and my like, your shirt. like, shit on it. That was
0: you. I-, I couldn't hear you, I'm sorry, you went, your, your line went a little wonky
1: there. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, now I can hear you.
1: I said that your entire life after the bat scene was, fuck this shit, I'm out. Like, you were done. You were done after a certain someone died.
0: No,, you know it's like, yes, Abraham was like one of my favorite characters, so I hate that he died. I just hate that the whole entire like episode was that one scene, and it's like I didn't feel like, oh, that's so intense. Let's make the whole episode this. It's like I don't know, it's just like torturous, like i didn't I didn't see it as good writing, you know, <laughs> I didn't see it as
1: huh. Um- it was almost like a snuff film. Like it felt like it was just gore for the sake of gore. Pretty much. Pretty much
0: that's how I felt like it was. Um I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't like it after that. I think I tried watching it after. That. I know that you liked it after that cuz you know all the I know Negan. Yes. I, you know Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He did a phenomenal job in that role. So the fact that, like, I think he pretty much like took over. Like, I think he is like uh, the uh, main person.
1: He's like the new Rick. Like, like in in Judas's like uh, Judith. I said Judas. Yeah. <laughs> Judith. Judith uh, is the uh, new Carl. Pretty much, but I thought bad would happen to Carl, because
0: as you said, he was supposed to take over.
1: He was the chosen one. <laughs> he was the chosen
0: I did think that some point, tell me if I'm wrong, didn't you think that Carl was going to become like a serial killer at some point? I was oh, like, there's yeah. something wrong
1: <laughs> with this kid. Because <laughs> they never fully like touch on like what is going on in his life, you know, like, like, how it must feel for everything going on, and, like, then it's just, like, like, the trauma, because he's been dealing with this since he was, like, a small child, so I don't know, it's rough. It's rough for a kid, you know? In the middle of an apocalypse. In the middle of an apocalypse. You, you know, you can't... Losing his mind. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I felt bad because it's like your father went crazy. You lost your mother. You lost technically your father because <laughs> they confirmed that uh, Carl. No, not Carl. that's not him. Sorry, I'm talking about Judith. But I guess, like, Shane was kind of like Carl's, like, stepfather.
1: (laughs) Right? I mean, he was teaching, you know, say what you want about Shane, but he did take care of that family, and he was good to Carl, and he taught him how to do stuff. Oh, what did Carl say? He's like, oh, you know, Shane taught me how to do that. Like, he, he throws that back in his face at some point
0: he does because Rick is teaching him how like or telling him like how to do a knot at some point and he's like yeah i know shane taught me that but i still say i still say that sh- there was nothing wrong with shane shane just behaved the way he did too early in the series yes, because who rick early. rick became the same exact way but it's like when shane was that like that the whole crew was supposed it was still trying to behave the way they would have say pre-apocalypse and Shane's mindset just adjusted to that's not going to work anymore this isn't the world we have we live in so he has to change right but no one else at that time wanted to and they kind of saw him as like going crazy but Rick behaved the same exact way after a while because he saw that eventually you're going to have to behave like that in order to survive.
1: It's like the B- Billie Eilish song, I'm the bad guy.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> did, you, um, did you ever watch the clip in freaking season 9 of Walking Dead, which was Rick's farewell episode, and Shane came in for like two seconds?
1: Yes. That was everything. And he's like, you've been taking care of my baby girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he was, it was like, like didn't, he to,
0: didn't he ask to, like, oh, does she have my eyes? I hope she doesn't have my nose or something like that. And <laughs> then. And such a big nose. Uh, I think, like, and they even were laughing, it was so meta, because Rick was like, oh, you're an asshole. And he's like, I know, I'm the asshole. Oh, <laughs> like, Shane. I think, like, showing, like, yo, like, no matter how much time has passed in The Walking Dead, no matter how many, like, bad guys have come in the mix, Shane is, like, the OG asshole. He is set up for so much. He, like, if you think about it, his character and his death like, just kicked off so much that stemmed from that,
1: and um, so, shit. Oh, what? Sorry to interrupt, but, like, no, anybody that I brought up The Walking Dead to, or, like, or talk about John Bernthal to, they're like, don't just, and they go, doesn't he play that fucking asshole? <laughs> 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 literally, literally, and when I showed Aaron, like, I was like, oh, you know, The Punisher, and he looked at it, and he goes, that's the guy from The Walking Dead. I hate that guy. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, no.
0: John Bernthal definitely solidified himself in pop culture by premiering as Shane, which, you know, Shane did nothing wrong, okay? Well,
1: Shane did like nothing jo- wrong. <laughs> it's like Joffrey, where they're just, like, continually hated for the character that they uh, played
0: uh don't don't compare Shane to Joffrey. Joffrey was a fucking no, asshole. You know what I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, cuz it's like I don't I, I think if I ever saw freaking J jo- the actor who plays Joffrey in anything, I wouldn't be able to like take it seriously.
1: Right. That poor kid, like he he made the ultimate sacrifice because Everybody's gonna always know him as that. That's gonna be hard to get spots like in things because they're all gonna be like, "Oh, I want to watch that. The assholes in it.
0: (laughs) It's got assholes in it. Oh man. Aw, now you kind of make me like." uh, what's it called? Nostalgic for The Walking Dead. Uh, you bastard! I
1: just remember how much we were watching it before New York Comic Con, when I was doing the cosplay for Negan, and you were showing me all the Shane parts.
0: Yes, I do remember all of that.
1: Stop it, huh. I'm done. Ah, uh,
0: but yeah. So, sorry, everyone. Uh, make sure you check out The Walking Dead. It's on Netflix, and it is definitely a phenomenal series, regardless of how much we were roasting it just now. But I know. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna move on to my number five and it is going to be penny dreadful city of angels another show that is um still on right now actually the new the new episodes of city of angels and um what you calls it uh i know this much is true is uh what was i saying oh my god both of them are still on right now and both of them are hbo and both of them have new episodes today that's where i was going Sorry, Kanan uh, freaking texted me, and I got distracted by it for a second, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) but so full disclosure, I never saw the original series, Penny Dreadful, Um, I don't think you necessarily need to, from what it looks like, they have absolutely nothing to do with each other, other than the fact that, I guess penny dreadful city of angels is using the name penny dreadful to uh garner viewership but to me it's worth it i think if you're a fan of american gods you would like penny dreadful city of angels because it has that weirdness to it and almost that like that visual aesthetic from the first season of america god so penny dreadful city of angels really quick you have a lot of different players a lot is going on i will say that but at the core of it you have this demon called magda played by natalie natalia dorman whatever she was in game of thrones and in harry potter um she plays magda and she's a demon who thinks that humankind in general is inherently evil and she is the sister of the saint santa muerte um and she pretty much is out there to prove to her sister that humans will just do the worst things to each other and she does this magda does this by integrating herself herself everywhere so she pops up everywhere in different like outfits different people you know blah 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 so you have um so you have her like uh, i'm trying to go like really quick right so she plays this like german housewife who is pretty much getting this doctor to cheat on his wife you know but also he's part of like the nazis but it's during the 1930s back when like the nazis was still considered like a quote-unquote political Party, you know, um, World War Two haven't hadn't happened yet, but you have her like integrating her life into oh, she's this poor German housewife who has a child, and you know her American husband hurts her, you know, and so the German doctor because he's German, right, you know, and he's like he he feels a, a kindred spirit with this lonely German housewife, you know, or but so she's playing that. Then she's playing this assistant to this council member who's this real racist mother effer, you know, and she's pushing him in a certain direction. Then she is a, like, integrating herself into the Pachucos, who's this group of, like, Hispanics who are kind of like, you know, uh, you know, their own subculture. And she's trying to get them, you know, instead of them just being, like, you know, this group that's, like, banning with each other for acceptance because there's you know not only hispanics in it but there's you know gay people blah blah blah. but she's trying to push them to start a she's trying to push them to start a revolution you know and then she's also into oh god what other group is she in right now i can't remember anyway that's her so you have magda but on top of all this right You have all these other subplots because no one knows that this is going on, right? So on top of that, you have the main character, Tiago, who is Los Angeles' first Hispanic police officer. So he's dealing with a lot. Not only is he dealing with racism from his white um, cops, right, but he's dealing with pressure from his family who feel that, he is betraying them by being a cop because at this point the cops are being real assholes to the Hispanic community, including the councilman because the councilman wants to put a highway in between their homes and which very much reminds me of the Keystone pipeline, but I'm not going to get that political on this uh, podcast because, you know, but, um, you know, there's that one point where, Uh, Tiago's brother Raul is in front of the councilman going you know like you're planning on putting this highway in between our homes what are we supposed to do where are we supposed to go and the councilman literally goes where you came from and he's like I was born here like Uh, what so so there's all this like racism going on and then on top of that you have this growing Nazism like you know, blooming in Los Angeles. And Tiago's partner, Lewis, who is played by Nathan Lane, is this Jewish guy who is trying to solve why are all these, like, Nazis suddenly popping up. So he's trying to solve that. Um, On top of this, they're supposed to be solving the murder of this, like, white family, which, like, you know, the head police and the councilman want to pin on the Hispanic community. And... On top of that, there's so much, much. and then on top of that, you have Sister Molly, played by Carrie Beach, who played Donna Clark in and Catch Fire, and she is developing a romance with Tiago, but there's something weird about that, because um, she is like Sister Molly, she's not a real sister, it's like this persona, you know, she's like a, a radio televangelist, Right. Um, and her mother is so very controlling, and there's something sinister brewing there. I don't know, and I can't tell if she's lying, you know, or she's just keeping things from Tiago because it's so sinister, so there's so much going on, and I know that sounds like it's so much going on, but it really does work, like, beautifully, and there's so many great like, scenes in it, like, there's at some point where Tiago's younger brother, Mateo, is trying to, like, you know, figure out himself, and this guy who is part of, like, the Pachucos, called Fly Rico, like, brings him in, and it's, like, so great, you know, I don't know, there's so many amazing moments in it that, like, I know it's a lot, and I'm, like, fucking word vomiting here, but I really do enjoy it because of how many layers there are and to me it's one of those things where it's like all this stuff is going on right it it feels like it feels like all this shit is going on and it's all going to explode right you have racism you have nazism you have all this stuff going on but does any of it truly matter because it's all orchestrated by magda It's like, because you see at one point, it's the, like, the police are standing off between, you know, them and the Hispanic community, and you see Magda, and she can't be seen at this point by anyone, right? But she's whispering in the ears on both sides, and that's why they start firing at each other, and it's like, it's all, like, it's all orchestrated by Magda, all of this, and it's just so crazy.
1: Well, she's a real bitch. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying she's a jerk. No, I know. It really is.
0: like, um, it's just, I don't know. It's so good to me, like, everything that's playing out right now, because there's so much shit, like, you don't expect. Like, as I said, like, with Sister Molly, it's like, I don't know what to think of her, right? Because it's, like, I think her and Tiago have this really great relationship. But I can't tell. It's, like, who is being the liar here, right? Is it the mother who's overly, like, sinister? Or is Molly the liar? Like, I can't tell yet. Um, And then I just feel so bad for Tiago because he's just trying to do his job. But he gets shit everywhere he looks. Like, his family gives him shit. And then when he goes into the police department, they give him shit, and it's like he really can't effing
1: win, like at all. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. He just need, he needs a vacation, Tia. He needs a va- <laughs> he needs a
0: vacation. And then the councilman is like the, the biggest like asshole ever. Um, he's so racist, and he's so like proud of how racist he is. Um, it's just ridiculous and I'm I'm gonna say this, right? I'm gonna say this. He's a definitely a a uh, a drump. I don't know if that made sense. He's definitely a Donald Trump. Alright, I'm just gonna say it. Oh, I, I, get I get what you mean. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm down. He's definitely like this very cartoonish version, which isn't very hard to do, but this very cartoonish version of Donald Trump, I would say.
1: Uh, I was like, like, for a second, I didn't know what you were saying, and then I was like, oh, I get what you mean now. I get what you mean. No, I, I, I can, it definitely brings a certain image to mind, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, yes. So I know that that's a lot, but I really suggest this show because I really am enjoying it. I actually can't wait to watch the new episode that's out today uh, just to see what, like, further happens. it's It's so crazy, the whole thing. Like, there's so many layers to it, but I just like the way they also recreate like, the 1930s.
1: I was going to say, like, there was a time there, like... You know, me and Tia talk a lot about stories and settings, and she was like, I need 1930s. I need it.
0: It's because
1: of this show,
0: because I love that it's set in, like, the 1930s. It's really just, like, kind of beautiful how they did it. But... Um, that's enough of me. Please watch Penny Dreadful*, City of Angels. Brittany, what is your number four?
1: I'm gonna do, um, it's an anime that is, I think it's still currently going on right now, but it's called Dr. Stone, and it's so good. And I have trouble saying a lot of their names, so forgive me if I don't specifically give them names in it, because I just started watching, but I've been watching it in, uh, uh, Japanese dub, so, you know, it's a little harder to, like, put together what name I'm hearing at the time. But yeah, Doctor yeah. Stone is about, there's a phenomenon that happens that turns everybody on Earth into stone. And it's, like, I can't remember if it's been 2,000 years or, like, it's two to 5,000 years that have passed since this happened. But right. the main character is a very brilliant young man, like, he's very goofy, like, he's, like, the, not goofy, but, like, he's super intelligent, but super, um, he gives people a lot of help, but he, well, he ends up, uh, that basically with, uh, bat urine and guano and, like, a certain, it ends up making a certain kind of acid, right? And it frees him from the stone because they still can think. And for all these years, he's just been counting to keep his consciousness. Well, he ends up getting freed. He puts together how what freed him from this and ends up making like a miracle concoction that he says. So he ends up, because uh, they're all in the same area, you know, uh, with how things have went. So he, a lot of the stones that are he's finding are people he knew because there's been no new humans. So you know whether or not they're his classmates. But the thing is, is that ends up happening while he's at school. The school has uh, been, you know, obviously long, long gone. You know, he ended up that he was in a cave or something like that. He uh, and a lot of the stones he's running into are his classmates. Well, he ends up freeing one guy who is his friend. He ends up freeing another guy, which was, like, this crazy athletic student. And there's this big uh, argument with the guy that's kind of, like, the more Tarzan-looking dude that's super muscular because the main character wants to return the planet back to the way it was, free everybody, rebuild. Tarzan, dude, says that, hey... Nature reclaimed this. It's beautiful. Because it really is at this point. It's beautiful. He starts destroying the stones that are these people. So that they can't be brought back. And there's this huge issue with all of this. But basically, um, they end up not seeing eye to eye. But later on, the main character finds this village. Because uh, the man that, like the spoiler alert, the man that adopted him. Um, as a child, had went into space, and when this all happened, uh, he went with, uh, it was like, there was a Japanese dude, which is him, there was an American woman, and I think three Russian people that are up there, well, they end up coming back down, and, you know, they they obviously put together this village, because there's like, I think there's like an even man-to-woman ratio with all this going on, But they end up, you know, reproducing, you know, they die off, but this village grows and grows and grows. So this village is, like, untouched, right? But you can obviously Mm -hmm. tell it's supposed to be still in Japan, but you can tell they've had, uh, like, foreign influence. Because there's some that are blonde, there's some that have, like, different colored eyes. And, you know, like, you can tell some look more Russian, if that makes sense. Like, there's this big, like, variety, but he's wanting to teach this village like all this new stuff because they're still you know basically in their stone age but basically the i keep saying basically but the tarzan man he ends up making his own miracle concoction he's like freeing all the big muscular people so it's like this big war between you know the kingdom of science you know it has all these tools and like the kingdom of might because he's only bringing back people that are either very uh Like, that can give back whether or not they're strong, muscular, or, you know, they are smart, but he doesn't want to bring back all these other things, he just wants to live off nature, but it's such a good show, like, it really, like, catches your attention, but it's a funny show, so never at any point besides, like, when you think the main character gets killed off by Tarzan, dude, that you really get stressed out, like, there's stressful parts, but it's so funny And it's always, like, the main character has the upper hand because he's so smart. But you end up learning a lot of this stuff. Like, people have, like, like there was things that I didn't know how things work. but he goes in depth about how things, how they discovered things or what certain chemicals make this. It was just, I don't know, it was so fascinating. I was like, this show is really freaking cool. (laughs) Dr.
0: Stone i'm looking at like pictures online to kind of get the imagery in my head i like the anime style because i yeah. feel that a lot of like modern day anime i'm not necessarily a big fan of their drawing style but i like this tell me though Brittany, that this guy doesn't look like trunks going super saiyan <laughs> i know i just it looks
1: like a leak you know like the like the vegetable yes
0: he it is. does actually. That's hilarious. Is a
1: Tarzan looking dude and why well, I think he looks like Tarzan from the Disney movie? I mean I typed in Doctor
0: Stone, so all this is really giving me the like, blonde guy. Um, so I'm not seeing anything else. But yeah, no. Uh, huh. You said the blonde guy? Or yeah. the white the, the the one with the green on his on his hair.
1: Yeah, 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 sorry, in some images it looks blonde, but it's like white green, and that's why I was like, blonde? Who's blonde, you know? Like a
0: really, really, really light blonde, like platinum blonde.
1: Yeah, 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 it's just, it's so interesting, and like, uh, there's one character that's like a double-handed snake, like, he was a theater student, like, at the school, and he's always playing both sides. But he ends up joining, like, the good guys, but the whole reason is because the guy can make a soda, and he wants a soda so bad, he can't stand it, he just wants a Coke. And so, and that's how he wins his loyalty, is by making him a Coke.
0: That is very funny. No, no, seriously, I... It's, like, I wish that there were more animes that I could get into. I've really kind of strayed away from animes, even though I have nothing against animes. So many animes still are, like... You know, I have such good memories of, say, like, Dragon Ball Z and G Gundam and Cyborg 009, Digimon, like, all of that. I just haven't watched anything current. But I've never heard of this, right? Which is good because I feel like all people talk about now are Naruto, Bleach, um... Oh, God, what's the other one that everyone talks about? Uh, One Piece? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know? Um... So I feel like it's cool to hear about an anime that, like, I've not heard anyone talk about. It looks it good. Do you know where them. you can find it?
1: Oh, and it's actually on, oh, I think it's on Crunchyroll. I
0: feel like everything's on Crunchyroll. AJ keeps telling me to to get Crunchyroll, which, I mean, every time I hear the frickin' um, name of the service, I just get really hungry.
1: I know. Oh, my gosh. My, uh, like... this off topic grandpa gave me money for my birthday I'm sitting here going there's sushi in my future I'm (laughs) going to tell her to you I just saw my own future Brittany by the way happy belated
0: birthday I forgot uh, everyone wish wish Brittany a happy belated birthday she's 26 yay I'm so old (laughs) you are not shut up Um, (laughs) oh god I was clapping and Lady just came to, like, dive into my lap right now. Um, But, yeah, I definitely, like, those out there who are listening and they're anime fans, I think that the way Brittany described this show, Dr. Stone, makes it really, um, I don't know, it makes it sound really interesting. Like, I would definitely be interested in watching it. Hopefully, next time you're able to come to New York, we can watch uh, some Dr. Stone
1: Oh, and it goes by so quick. There's been a million times that we'll turn it on to watch it, right? And we'll go, it's over? Because you think about <laughs> it, like, you're gotten so used to, like, like, you know, with not having, like, doing streaming services, right? You're used to, like, 30 minutes to an hour, no commercials. But then you take a show that, you know, you know that somewhere it's been posted where it has commercials in it. And your 30-minute show turns into, like, 20 minutes with all of it taken out. You're kind of like, man, this shit's short.
0: Right? <laughs> no, I love it. Um, really quick, before we move on, I have to mention this because I got really excited. So you remember the movie Fury, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that was directed by David Ayer. Um, I wrote this article about how underrated Fury is, like that it's an underrated war film, and David Ayer retweeted it, and I was like, yes.
1: <laughs> That's wild. Tia has so much like traction with Twitter. I am I am very. Well, it's uh to me
0: I feel like Twitter is the one that there does like there's the most interaction. So that's why I try and be so active on it. But yeah, so sorry I didn't mean to shout that out. But yes, everyone make sure you check out Dr. Stone. I keep wanting to say Dr. Strange, Dr. Stone. Um I will take number 3. I know that I put this on another list, but I think you should definitely watch it. And this is actually a completed... The next two are going to be completed series. But it is Most Dangerous Game on Quibi. This is definitely the best show on Quibi. And it is certainly a great show. So Most Dangerous Game, if you guys know the old story, it's a novel. It's been... Uh, adapted into plenty of different shows, movies, concepts, yada yada. It's people pretty much wanting to hunt other people. And in this show on Quibi, you have Liam Hemsworth, who is a young entrepreneur in great, you know, health. Whatever has a wife; uh, she's pregnant, and then he gets the news that he has an inoperable brain tumor and will die within weeks. And he doesn't know what to do because, A, obviously, who would think at, like, a young age you would die. And also, he, his wife is pregnant and his business, like, capital isn't doing very well. So he's nervous about leaving her with nothing. Um When he goes to exit the hospital, he's given a card of someone who can help him, you know, and he meets Christoph Waltz's character. And Christoph Waltz's character says, well, I can't give you a cure. I can give you a means to make money for your family once you're gone. Uh, I, you know, run this game. People pay a shit ton of money to pretty much hunt other people. And of course that sounds like what? Like it, it, you sit there and you're like, is this even real? Like how do you even explain something like that and like with a straight face? like, And the way Christoph Waltz's character was explaining it was really truly as if it really just was like some business venture. Um, and he explains to Liam Hemsworth, you know, you have to agree to it. Everything is done with your approval. And you will be hunted. You are fit. You are young. And for every hour that you survive, a certain amount of money will be put into your account. And if you survive the 24 hours, then around, like, what, $50 million will be put into your account. He's like, and that will be for your wife and child. He's like, you know, you're going to die in a few weeks. So either you die here or you die in a few weeks. But at least... When you die, you know that you will be give your family will be taken care of, right? Um, and Liam Hemsworth at first like thinks it's fucking nuts, obviously, but he decides to go along with it. And for twenty four hours, he is literally hunted by five freaking sociopaths <laughs> all the while christoph waltz is like pretty much in his ear um and tracking his movements via phone um and the whole thing is just wild Brittany. it's so wild because you find out all this other shit as you go on in the series and even though like the thing about Quibby is that the episodes are like no longer than 10 minutes long and in some cases they're only about 8 minutes long and you're like how can you get so much out of only like say 8 minutes per episode there's about 15 episodes so it just feels like a really long movie it's, it's really like good weeks in between yeah yeah exactly but since all of them are out now you could literally just sit like just sit there for like an hour you know and you'll be able to watch this story unfold Liam Hemsworth is really good oh go ahead sorry
1: oh no no I was just gonna wonder can he fight back yeah no absolutely he's not
0: he's allowed to fight and he does you know he's allowed to fight back the the only rules is because it takes place in Detroit right so the only rules is that he's not allowed to leave Detroit and I think that the only weapons that aren't allowed are like fucking bombs or something or guns i think guns aren't allowed because that makes it too easy you know so it's like oh so the the three rules are you can't tell anyone especially the cops the second you tell someone that's it you forfeited the money so you can't tell anyone you can't leave detroit and you can't use guns but besides that you can run And you can absolutely fight back. And he does. Like, he he fights back because at first he kind of, like, doesn't really, I think, grasp the seriousness. And it's like, no, people are literally trying to kill you. And they will. And they have done this before.
1: I was, like, wondering, can you kill the people that are hunting you? Spoiler alert,
0: he does. He kills, I think, one of them because they were trying to kill him um yeah it's it's actually funny because i don't know do you mind do you want me to tell you the ending of it (laughs) i'm
1: so torn we'll do it after the show
0: we'll do after the show but the way they ended i thought was really interesting but he's really good at uh liam hamsworth and christoph waltz of course like he played this very much character where he's like you know, boy, I believed in you. I, I'm rooting for you. I really am rooting for you. I want you to make it the 24 hours so that you know your family gets all the money. But at the same time, you know, he's like, uh, you know, what, what's happening? Why aren't these other players, you know, uh, getting to him? You know, blah blah. blah, Or like if, uh, because within the, spoiler alert, within the first hour, he gets caught by uh one of the guys right and crystal falls is like this is so disappointing this is this isn't a good game our our investors won't be happy with how short this game was you know like so he's very much like both like it's the game but also i'm rooting for you boy (laughs) like keep going Are are you free after the 24 hours yeah yeah after 24 hours it ends, that's it, you are a free man, and you are free to walk away with that money, no uh, strings attached or anything, like, literally, it's, like, one of those things where, you know, uh, remember in The Dark Knight, when the Joker, like, says to Harvey Dent, he's like, when I say that your girlfriend's death was nothing personal, I mean it, and it's, like, that is really Ah. how this is, or it's, like, it's nothing Personal, it's just business.
1: It's just business. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it sounds good, though. I do need to watch it, if only for you-know-who.
0: Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he's, he's good in it. Um, I think you and I were, what, supposed to do a list of top ten Christoph Waltz's characters. And I was definitely going to put that character on the list. No, no. I think we ended up
1: doing uh, Quentin Tarantino. No, we did something...
0: No, we did Quentin Tarantino instead. Yeah, it was good, though. Yeah, but... Um, I don't know. I just I really suggest it. Uh, and, again, it's so short. It's, it's an hour. Even though it's a show, it's an hour. All the episodes combined. So you can... Like sit down, watch it. It's really great, and Quibi is free right now, so there's literally no need. I'm also directing that towards you, Brittany. Um, But yeah,
1: oh, so attacked s- right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you check out Most Dangerous Game, Brittany. What is your number one? Technically, even though it is number two on the list,
1: you're gonna laugh, okay? Oh, I an old. Oh, future! It, it, it's an old but a goodie. But I'm feeling nostalgic. Okay. I'm, gonna go with, I'm gonna go with supernatural. Oh, you so- uh, your interview, your interview with—I'm trying to remember his last name. Rich, is it Spate or Spre- Spite Like, how do you pronounce Spate. it? Richard Spate. Spate. Okay, I—I I was like, I don't want to butcher this, but it was Richard Spate who played Gabriel, who we all love dearly. Um, but Supernatural was so good. Like anybody I've asked that has watched, like I have a friend right now. Uh, he he goes, has anybody ever watched Supernatural? It's so good. Like I feel like it's like a drug. Like there's always like, okay, so it goes. He goes. No, I'm I don't need that in my life, right? It goes. No, that's fine. And then you find it on your own, and you go, oh, my God, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And you become obsessed. You want to go to the conventions. And then you get to the end of it, and you're like, I need to drop this. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. It's just that, like, after how many seasons did they have? Did they have 20? Did they end up having 20? Or did they have 13? No, they had 13. Fifteen. Fifteen, yeah, they had fifteen. But, you know, you have Dean and Sam Winchester, a couple of, uh, what would you call them? Because they count more than demons. Are they? Would you consider them just strictly demon hunters or monster hunters?
0: Oh, I think that at first they qualified themselves as demons, but, demon hunters, but yeah, it became so much
1: more as time went on. I think it's, like, one of those things with the show. It was, like, the first few seasons are completely disturbing. Like, you're right. I think there was one time we were talking where you're, like, I have to watch some of these episodes with, like, the lights on or, like, during the daytime because they're so creepy. And, you know... Because you do... It's called Supernatural for a reason, right? You got that Supernatural shit happening. You had the scary... But you have such, like, good chemistry between Dean and Sam, the brothers, and how protective Dean is over Sam, and learning all these lore about these certain, like, monsters, the demons, and then later on the angels. You have their father, who... You know, does still last very long in the show, but also played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. One of his, like, most well-known uh, actual roles in any, like, a TV show is from that. But, um which is funny because they ended up having, like, a weird crossover between Negan, like, on Twitter and all that, between uh, the the brothers. But, uh I don't know. It's just so interesting because it became where every episode was, like, a new story, right? And then they started to mellow out when they went in with the angels and everything. It became much more like each season was more of a story rather than just each episode being like, say, like Criminal Minds, right, or uh, Law and Order: SVU, where each episode is not normally a continuation of the last. Like you will end with a like a cliffhanger, right? At right at the end of one of the SBU episodes, and then they never touch on it again. But and it was supernatural. It was a lot like that until they started to mellow into, like, a plot line for each season. You know, you had Crowley, which is the reason why, uh, well, technically my brother's cat, but my cat. His name Crowley. It, he is pure black. He is long-haired. He. I, I had to name him Crowley for a reason because I was so obsessed with it. And me and Dio were obsessed. We went to the convention in Houston. You know, got that picture with, with Richard and uh, Tom O'Peniped. Uh I was supposed to get one with uh, Mark Shepard, but his wife went into labor. <laughs> Uh, so that's how i got the tomo pinnacat which you know what no no joke i was happy about it like that ended up to be a fair trade but um uh, most people i know of at least in the first few seasons of supernatural but it's a really good show to just lose yourself in like to get to see all those different kinds of monsters uh but you do there is a point i towards the end that you start to pit her off or you, you may be a super fan that can survive every season but I think ever, ever like, I always started to lose it by the like Eternal Darkness character I can't remember their name but the darkness yeah,
0: that of, was me
1: too. Dark. yeah that's where they started to lose me and they were doing so good like I know like they started to it off, but I could not really stick around for it
0: so it's so funny I I think I showed you on Twitter, I found that picture of you, me, and Richard Spate, right? And I brought that up in my interview. I don't know where it is. I think, like, nerves got the best to me, because I was like, oh my god, I'm interviewing this guy who, like, I loved his character on this show so much. So it's, like, literally right off the bat, my first thing was, listen, I don't want to make this interview weird, but... (laughs) And I was like, and I was like, you know, you... I went to a convention a few years ago, and I got one of the photo ops with you, and you had a really bushy beard at the time. What's the beard situation going on? Why the hell I thought about asking that, but he did respond really well. What? That's so good. That's just so funny. Sorry, I'm just laughing. (laughs) But what did he say? He was like, yes. Yes, someone finally is asking me about my beard. He was like, "Thank God." He went on this whole thing about how he was going like full man like beard, like bear Neanderthal type thing, but his wife like was having none of it, so he had to trim it. So now he has a trimmed beard. He was he actually liked it and at the end of the uh interview when we were signing off. He was like, "Thank you for asking
1: about my beard." <laughs> There's something about men and their facial hair where they are like it's like like their other child that they can grow on their face like it becomes a part of them. See, Paulie, so
0: not like that. He doesn't like his facial hair anytime he grows in. I'm like, oh, it doesn't look bad. He's like, I have to shave now. Um, but
1: <laughs> I've seen him like completely like shave and like the only for quite
0: yeah, he doesn't like having any facial hair, but I loved Supernatural. As you said, the first few seasons definitely were um, like darker, more of like a um, they felt like more of like oh god, like a a nighttime horror story, you know, like someone reading it to you. And I didn't mind that particularly, but I always say, like looking back, like the first three seasons were like you know. You had to get through them a little. I wasn't as invested. It was once season four happened, they start introducing like angels and everything because I dig that type of shit. Obviously, I love yeah. the character Castiel, right? But it's like in general, I, I, I like that, especially because you had the character Dean who so denied that angels existed. He like so didn't believe in them, which was like crazy because it's there's demons and like monsters and vampires, but you don't I, believe no. in angels.
1: <laughs> Like, what's that makes? I, I think it was like, after you've seen such bad shit, you have to go, okay, there's no good existence <laughs> out there. It's just bad shit to you.
0: And that was his thing, right? That's what was his argument about it was, you know, we've seen all this bad. Like, where the hell is God in all of this? But I liked how season four set up this whole ongoing battle between, like, the angels are not. Who you thought they were, right? Um, and then you have Crowley, who they sometimes have to work with, who's literally at some points becomes the demon, you know, the leader of hell. And then you have Lucifer, played by Mark Pellegrino, which was so effing good. Like, so effing good. um, Like, that was all great. And um, whatchamacallit. So you had that, and I, like, to me personally, right? I stopped watching after season 11, uh, which was the darkness. But I I think that's it loves me, too. I think, to me, what kind of made me at first start not being as enthusiastic about Supernatural is the fact that it's, okay, I don't mean to go on a rant, right? But in The Walking Dead, right? Remember season four? The entire season was them going to Terminus. And then the Terminus people was, like, one episode, and it's like, wait, we spent a whole season going to Terminus, and then you have these cannibalistic people for one episode, and that's it? And it's like, I felt the same way with frickin' um, uh, Supernatural, where it was, like, all this promo of Demon Dean, and, and Jensen Ackles played Demon Dean so well... And it only lasted three episodes, and I was like, "I can't,
1: I can't." Oh uh, no, uh, no,
0: So that frustrated me, but I will. St- All right, let's see if you can remember, Brittany. Um, to me, my favorite seasons were seasons eight and nine because season eight had Benny, and hey. season ni- and season nine had Gudril. Um, so what were your, if you can remember, uh, what do you think your favorite seasons were?
1: (laughs) Definitely. I had such an obsession with Benny back in the day, like, and when they killed him off, like, we'll send him back to Purgatory. And his whole promise about bringing him back, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you forget to bring back your best buddy, Benny, who... Like, you even had like, a hallucination over, like, at some point, like, this deep, meaningful relationship because y'all were stuck in purgatory for, like, a long-ass time together, and y'all took care of one another. But you can't come and bring him back. I call bullshit. <laughs> uh, I call malarkey. <laughs> malarkey. And the star was so good.
0: Oh, I know. I loved, loved Benny so much. Um, Yeah, that, that was sad, that whole thing. Um, Him having to, like, oh, God, that, like, scene between him and Dean, like, the acceptance that, you know, that's how he's gonna have to get to purgatory to uh, retrieve his brother Sam, and, you know, Sam never liked Benny because he's like, we spent our whole lives hunting vampires and now you're friends with a vampire
1: and it's like just let it be okay just let it be (laughs) be Benny was like eating off of blood packs like he was was trying
0: he was trying he was really trying and I hated how much Sam disliked Benny because I was like he was the best thing like honestly uh Freaking Dean's relationship with his brother was mad complicated. His friendship with Castiel was really dramatic. Him and Benny just needed to get into Baby, their car, and just drive. <laughs> like, fuck everyone else. Just drive.
1: <laughs> What'd you say? I would have, like, watched an entire show of Benny and Dean hunting bad vampires. Right? Right? I would do it. 100%.
0: But, yeah. (laughs) I can't even lie. Like, first of all, Supernatural has 15 seasons. It didn't get to film its last three episodes. They're still waiting on that because of COVID. They were in the middle of that, which actually is funny. During my interview with Richard, he uh, filmed uh, an episode for Supernatural. And that was his last episode that he filmed you know like he directed because you know he directed a few episodes um so he got to he got to finish that before things shut down but supernatural still has three episodes to go before it wraps everything up but it it's 15 seasons it's super bingeable like, you could sit down, and each season has, what, like, 20 episodes, 22 episodes, so if you're sitting there and you don't know what to freaking watch and you just need a show that can just go on, yeah, you got Supernatural. You got Jensen Ackles, who is great as Dean, Jared Padalecki as Sam, you have all these side characters that get introduced throughout the seasons who are phenomenal. There's, every season there's literally nothing that you can't like, and I will tell you, Brittany... You know what I just thought about? You know who are great villains? Great villains? Who? The Leviathans, season 7. The
1: Levi- I knew that was what you were going to say, but I was like, man, you're right, girl. The Leviathans were really good. I saw
0: some people hating on season 7 and the Leviathans. So I'm like, they were one of the only villains that actually were follow-through. Them and Lucifer. Like, they were teased and they follow through with how absolutely awful they were.
1: Right. They were like kind of funny. Like like main dude, the evan- like yeah. he was like the televangelist.
0: I liked Dick Roman and that one scene with him and Crowley going over the contract and the contracts like so long and Dick Roman's like, "All right, let's get into it." Like <laughs>
1: Right, like, and they didn't expect them to look at it at all, and you see Crowley still sitting there as they're going over each item.
0: Yeah, right, because it's, like, the demons, they probably are like, oh, they're not gonna look, and, like, Dick Roman's like, no, 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 we're gonna look through everything.
1: Right, oh my gosh, and they, he had a problem with, like, almost everything on there.
0: You kind of make me like miss Supernatural. It's been so long since I've dove into it, oh,
1: no. and it's like
0: shit. That that was a great show.
1: That was a great I show, Brittany. So into it right now, and my brain went okay. When all this stuff is over with, where we can have gatherings again, I definitely, definitely want to go to a Supernatural convention.
0: If they'll even do that, it's funny I asked Richard about that. Um, you know, like what do you think like is gonna happen? He's like, I don't know how comfortable people are going to be with large gatherings for a while. So who knows if that's even going to be a thing. But yeah. I would go to one. I would go to another supernatural convention, why not? Even though I haven't watched like the last freaking three seasons.
1: Who cares? Um But yeah seasons of something in like two days i I think you would be able to catch up but
0: but yeah uh great pick with supernatural you definitely need to be watching it if you've never watched it before and it's current it's technically ongoing um so Brittany, we are down to the number one we have had a awesome list so far I just have to relive it with you and it's going to be prison break for number 10 number 9 is love life number 8 is American Gods number 7 is I know this is true or I know this much is true sorry uh Number Six is Walking Dead. Number Five is Penny Dreadful, City of Angels. Number Four is Doctor. Stone. Number Three is most dangerous game. Number Two is Supernatural. and number one is a show that just wrapped up and is absolutely phenomenal and it is called Defending Jacob um, Defending Jacob
1: this one was going to be on here. Yeah.
0: You have to watch Defending Jacob. It's on Apple TV+. Um, It is so good. So it's an eight-episode miniseries based on the book of the same name, and it stars uh, Chris Evans, Michelle Dockery, and Jaden Martell. And Pablo Schreiber is in it, but we'll get to that in a second. So really quick, the whole thing about Defending Jacob is... Chris Evans plays a ADA in Boston named Andy Barber, who is living essentially the pretty all-American suburban life, right? He has a really good job. His wife has a really good job. They have this gorgeously big house. You know, they have a son. They're pretty much like this all-American family. Um, And, you know, they're planning on going to Mexico for Christmas, right? That's how it starts. When suddenly the body of a high schooler pops up. And at first, it's like, Andy is on the case, and he's like, oh, you know, Jacob, to his son, wasn't that your classmate? That's so sad, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly, there's evidence that points to Jacob being the killer. Andy, the ADA who's in charge of the case of finding the killer, it, like, finding out that your, what, 13-year-old son is potentially the killer, is crazy. So... Andy gets kicked off the case, obviously. So pretty much the whole show is, like, defending Jacob. Andy trying to find ways to keep his son out of jail to prove his innocence that he so believes, right? And throughout the season, it's like his wife, Lori, keeps doubting. Like, you could see, like, they are reacting to the situation in two totally different ways, whereas Andy is, like, his He's, like, vigorous in wanting to, you know, prove Jacob's innocence. And Lori is almost like, how could I not see the signs, you know? Like, she's almost like... Not, like, once in denial and once, like, already fully accepted. Yeah, is like, regressing into... And she's, like, thinking back on all, like, these things that, like showed that her son had some sort of violent tendencies right and on top of all this you find out andy has been hiding a secret to Lori during their whole like 17 year relationship which Uh is that which is that andy Andy's father, played by J.K. Simmons, is a violent criminal and rapist who's serving a lifetime imprisonment sentence. Um, so oh, that, that was- get, yeah, right. So that gets found out. So the press and you know the ADA are like trying to say that there's a murder gene, you know, and like oh my god, Lori is like, I swear everything like makes sense to her. She's like you know, Andy, you never had friends. You, you're so, like, you know, you don't. <laughs> you never had friends. You're always so withdrawn, you know, and our child. Like, it makes sense, the barber family line, you know. And, like, and I will say that they did try and play that a few times. Like, Andy being a little, like, angry and aggressive. But it's, like, he was the most normal one in that whole family. Um, nice. So the whole show is, like, them just trying to, like, the family trying to deal with all of this, because not only is their son accused of being a murderer, but they're also facing, like, a lot of scrutiny amongst the community. Like, Lori gets let go from her job because of it. They are looked at funny when they go to the supermarket, because, you know, trials don't start right away. Like, trials start months and months after, so it's like they still have to technically live their lives But now they're just being looked at weird. And then on top of that, you have Pablo Schreiber playing the ADA, who is, like, really gunning for Jacob. Like, really gunning for Jacob. But then it's like, is he just doing his job, technically? But anyway, it's such a good show. Chris Evans does a phenomenal job in it. Michelle Dockery is great. It is really keeps you on your toes right you really are like is jacob the killer is he not the killer you know it keeps going back and forth jk simmons is awesome uh there's so many parts where you're just like what the hell is gonna go on next and it's phenomenal Brittany. i know i said that before but and i'm rambling but I, like, every week I tuned in, and I was ready to see what is the next chapter of this story, because it it really just, it played a lot close to the chest. And I will say that I read how the book ends, and the show does end somewhat different, but also similar, Um I don't know which one I like better, but, yeah, the, the ending was definitely, like, whoa.
1: <laughs> oh, it's one of those, like, where it is it one of those shows where it definitely plays you on whether or not he actually did it. Like, you want to believe, like, oh, there's no way. And then it plays, like, where the, you know, the wife has already accepted it. Like, and you're like, oh, I guess he's a killer and the other guy's in denial. Is there a lot of back and forth?
0: Absolutely, because there's at some points where you're like, I think Jacob did it. Because, you know, they're like, you know, Jacob was bullied by the kid who got killed, right? And Jacob's kind of a little messed up. Like, everyone reveals that he was really into this site called the Cut-Up Room, which was about people, you know, putting their fantasies about cutting people.
1: And then...
0: And at the the trial... Pablo Schreiber's character, Neil, like reveals that Jacob had put a story online of him killing someone in a very similar fashion to the way this kid was killed. So there's all these signs, but then at the same time, they introduce this guy who was a pedophile, and he also knew the kid who was dead, so you're like, maybe it's the pedophile. So you definitely are sitting there like, every episode, you're like, I think it's the pedophile. No, I think it's Jacob. I think it's the pedophile. I think it's Jacob. And there's at some point that's so intense, because Andy, right, has been so, like, defensive of Jacob this whole time, like, believing that there's no way that his son could be the killer. But there's at some point after the first day of trial, where Neil, the played by Pablo Shriver, the, the ADA, like, brought up the story and there's and so the barber family are just sitting in the car afterwards and freaking andy just turns around and like he looks so desperate and he's like did you do it he's like just you have to tell me now like i've spent this year you know defending you and thinking that you did it, but you have to tell me did you do this
1: oh crap like jeez yeah and too. i think i would have already been at that point before a year ago.
0: <laughs> no um laurie definitely loses it <laughs> she definitely has a mental breakdown um at the end of everything and she does something that is really like you sit there and you're like oh man i know your your kid is messed up but like you are a
1: mother. <laughs> right? Right. Like you gotta you gotta do something for your kid. Man, it's that stressful but good. It's definitely, you know, like isn't it funny that there's some shows that you instantly know that somebody will like? My mom would love that.
0: Yeah, it is so good. Like, it really just I don't know, you you sat there and you're like, I have no idea who's the killer, I have no idea what's going on. Um and I think that a lot of people don't necessarily think of maybe Chris Evans as a good actor because they're just used to seeing him in the role of Captain America, which I mean was great, so I don't know why you would think he's a bad actor, but maybe, maybe you're just like, Oh, it's, it's
1: just more his body than more of his acting. Right, right.
0: But um you gotta wa like, if you have that sort of mindset you have to watch Defending Jacob because that will completely like prove you wrong. <laughs>
1: I just love hearing you so passionate about it. Like, you really, really love this show. It makes me want to watch it. But I also don't like being stressed out.
0: I, I'm i sorry. I know, like, I definitely was going on and on and on. But I just couldn't believe how good it was. I... To me, like everyone was great in it. I loved Chris Evans. Uh, I loved Pablo Schreiber. I didn't realize he was in the show, so when he popped in, I go, "I recognize that very tall man there."
1: <laughs> like you're probably like, "Well, hello again, sir." <laughs>
0: Well, because what, like, Chris Evans is, I think, like, six foot, six foot one, and Pablo Schreiber's, like, six foot five, so next to Pablo, Chris looks, like, super short. (laughs) You're like, oh, wait, no, he's tall, but, um, you know who also is in it? It's funny. Remember in season two of American Gods, the woman who plays the Hindu goddess of war Yes, yes. She's in it. She plays uh, Andy and Chris. Uh, Andy and Neil's boss.
1: What's up with all these? Like, they must all know each other. They're like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey like, hey, Rick. Hey, Andy. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> right?
0: I love it. I love it. But yeah, defending Jacob is great. I know that the ending. You know, the ending definitely left a lot for interpretation, um, but I I liked it, and I'm okay with filling in blanks, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I think they all deserve awards, and if the Emmys come and none of them get nominated, I'd be really effing pissed. But yeah, Defending Jacob. Anyway, uh,
1: <laughs> I know that
0: I very passionately... Uh, word vomited all of that Brittany, did you have anything to add about hearing about defending jacob or anything it definitely
1: sounds really good it sounds like a wild ride i also almost started laughing in the middle of it though because um you know when cats do that little sniffy thing and they like gape yeah. their mouth real like wide and they just stare at you Toby was doing that right as you were saying something like really intense and I was like gosh darn it Toby don't make me laugh right in the middle of this don't <laughs> you make me like, laugh
0: you know that's cause he's trying to smell you
1: I know but I smell nasty boy that's what maybe, that's what, maybe that's what he's smelling <laughs> no but the show does sound great though I definitely get why you're so passionate about it cause I've heard you go on about this show for a long time
0: Well, I mean, it was like eight weeks because they did it by week. So, I don't know. It was really good. Like, watch it. Get the free trial of Apple TV Plus and watch it like I did.
1: (laughs) I got you. I got you.
0: But, Brittany, this was a great list. Anyone who's listening, I think that we kind of nailed it on all these shows that you should watch, both current and otherwise. Which I think technically most of the shows that we talked about are still producing shit to this day. Supernatural is. Walking Dead is. Um, if anything, I think just Defending Jacob like ended. And Most Dangerous Game. But whatever. You need to watch it. You have time. Shit's still on lockdown. Um, but Brittany, please uh, take a moment to promote yourself before we wrap up here.
1: To so say you can find me at Twitch TV. My username is Itty Bitty Brit. I have been. Oh, well, I I got quarantined for a bit because I had
0: the flu. Yeah. Brittany, we can't hear you. You're you, something wrong with your phone here.
1: <laughs> I think the wi being weird. Okay, yeah, no, but I can hear you, you can hear me now? Okay. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. Um, yeah, while being quarantined when I had the flu and everything, I was streaming every day because I was like, man, it's so much fun. And I get to have so much fun with my viewers, even though they pick on me incessantly. But it's the it's a good like brotherly, sisterly love kind of thing going on. But we hit 1000 followers. I was very pumped about that. Uh, that means I have to do Twitch scenes today, which is a karaoke so uh it's basically twitch's version of karaoke so i am definitely going to have some drinks before i do that because i'm a little nervous but i definitely i i love twitch i love getting just hang out with everybody and play games while doing it it's definitely for like the lonely types out there that don't like to leave the house especially now it's a great time for it and you can find me at Twitter under itty bitty brit zero, which is normally if I have any schedule changes, schedule updates, uh pictures, anything, it's all gonna be there. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Please everyone make sure that you check that out. I'm gonna tune in to that today. Oh, um, I need, I need yes. to witness that. Um, but make sure you check Brittany out. Um as for me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, TFAB. I have lots of reviews, articles, interviews. Um, later today, like nighttime, we are going to be doing a review show, actually, of Defending Jacob, which will be really cool. And you can check out my interview with uh, Richard Spate and my article that got retweeted by David Ayer. I'm still super pumped about that. Um, so make sure you check that out, and of course, you can check out Geek Five Nation at geekfivesnation We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Vero, and anything and everything in between. So, thank you for listening to our top ten, and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. See you guys! Have a great time.